For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. everybody jacob daniel here this is the daniel three podcast and uh yeah thanks for tuning in i appreciate it um as always i have to start with my sponsor uh we got uh rabbit eye blueberry wine uh my good friend will bell uh down in georgia uh fellow mises caucus member and good friend you've probably seen me uh if you watch read coverdale's show you've probably seen uh me and him go back and forth on our on a reads show a few times because uh reed does a little uh, if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. It's uh, we call it the Capitalist Communion, and we have a little like atheist Christian roundtable and uh, have some have some good conversations over some blueberry wine, and it's all good fun. But uh, I'm not much of a wine drinker, but uh, I like I like this, um, so I, I would definitely recommend it. If uh, and you know the, the nice thing is is that they have a little bit of like uh, a wide variety. So they have like super sweet wine and then they have like dry wine and everything in between. So uh, again, that's rabbit, rabbit eye wine.com. Um, other than that, uh, the website is back up finally. Um, and, uh, we had a lot of, we, we, I switched hosts and then like the, the, I don't know, something like some kind of like 
weird error happened and we had to consult like three different specialists to like figure out what the bug was and to get it fixed so but the website's back up daniel318.com um and if you want to you know support the show at all uh it's patreon.com slash biblical anarchy um that's pretty much it um i have uh jose coming back on the show either tomorrow or next week we're still trying to get our schedules figured out um but I'm excited to have um, my guest on tonight. Uh, he is the uh, 2020 vice chair candidate of the Libertarian Party. He is the founder of You Are the Power, and he is one of my favorite uh, voices in the Libertarian movement, the one and only Spunk Cohen. Spunk, how you doing Spunk tonight? Spunk Conan. Spunk <laughs> Conan. Spunk Conan, that's right, yeah. Spunk Conan, yes. It's an, up, it's an, upgrade, over, it's a, it's an upgrade over Tasha's spouse. So, I mean, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's kind of my name so we're we're getting there i did recently uh what was it that was was that this week or last week i was very briefly uh for several million people i was a guy on twitter named spike cohen so it was it was that was a uh, tucker carlson shared right something. yeah that was cool uh, and get, so yeah. uh and uh, i don't know what 20 million people who ever watched that uh i was so he did say spike cohen but i was a guy on twitter named yeah. spike cohen which is <laughs> It is my name, and I am a guy, and I am on Twitter, so nothing was inaccurate. I feel like we're getting there. It's like baby right. steps. One day, someone's just going to be like Spike Cohen, who is his own person in his own right. But we're not there yet, so we're you know we're working on it. One, we're one day I'll on be enough. You know, self self I'll ownership. One day. You know that's that's what we're about. We'll, we'll, yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll get it there. Um, so I, I feel like you don't need too much of an introduction, so I don't want to spend too much time on, on sure. that kind of stuff. Yeah. You've been on the show before. Okay. I think everyone yeah, yeah, knows yeah. who you are. But uh, we're coming off of uh, – we're two weeks removed now, I guess, just about from the Libertarian National yep. Convention at Reno. Yes. That's been talked to death a little bit on various different shows, so I don't want to spend <laughs> you know another hour and a half beating sure. that dead, already dead and pulverized horse. But mm. I don't know. Maybe you wanted to review Reno a little bit, and also kind of maybe sure, sure. Uh, review. Although it's not been that long, maybe review. You know, kind of uh, maybe any things you've seen since then, and you know, if if you think that you know people are kind of you know moving in a positive direction or not i wasn't able to attend but i watched live and so i was able to see everyone's speeches including yours which i thought was yeah. uh you know a a needed uh <laughs> voice of of reason um yes. which you always try to be and i appreciate that but yeah what, what did you think of the convention what was it like you know hi highlights lowlights and uh you know what's your kind of i don't know thoughts on where we're at you know now kind of two weeks removed and what the outlook is sure yeah no i'm happy to um beat this as you put already dead horse until it's just flush with the surface of the ground that it's on like there's no <laughs> there's no longer a horse it's basically a horse shape uh on the asphalt no um yeah i i uh you know it, it was a shame that you weren't there uh there were some incredible speakers uh and you would have also gotten herd immunity um because uh, right. or, or helped contribute to hurt him because i think every i got i got covid there um thankfully it was way more mild than when i got it uh, earlier this year um but uh yeah no everyone got covid so that was something um i guess that was the low light uh, if you want to think of it that way um although we all have great immunity coming into the summer so maybe that's a highlight um but uh in terms of the convention itself um i suspected that what was going to happen was going to happen. I, I knew that Mises, the Mises caucus would have the largest faction there, but I suspected that they would come in dominant, like, you know, two thirds, three quarters, something like that, because I had been to so many state conventions 
where that's what they were doing there. And I thought, well, you'd multiply that times 50 and there, you know, you've got the, uh, you've got 50, yeah. you know, uh, 40 plus of the state conventions that were uh, dominated by the Mises caucus and they were going to come in and they had, and they also, unlike any of the other, uh, I guess, factions really at this point, there's Mises versus anti-Mises. They had an agenda, whether you agree with the agenda or not, they had one and it was very explicit what they were going to do. And they had a game plan for implementing it. And everyone else was just against it. Or actually, there were some people in the middle who weren't. I was going to say, like, I feel about. Yeah. yeah. I want to say the other fat, the other like formed faction. Yeah. The the other people aren't really a faction. They're just kind of like the 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 people who haven't really picked a side in these the quote unquote you know culture war within the the libertarian party. They're just like they you know just. The, the, they want to do stuff. They want yeah, to the, the ones who want exactly. Yep. yep. So and, and I, I think I think what ended up happening was a good number of those people ended up going with Mises once once the uh, um, once the convention was underway because they thought, well, that's who's doing it. You know, they have an agenda. Let's let's try it. You know, they they've clearly you know here's the thing. Whatever criticism you want to give about Mises, and full disclosure, I've been in the Mises caucus since uh, I think two days after it was formed. Uh, I, I'm typically, uh, in any group I'm in, I'm probably the oldest member of the Mises caucus, unless Michael is there. Um, and, uh, uh, but, but I have, I was, uh, pretty fairly outspoken and being against the whole idea of the takeover language and the sort of the narrative behind it. I thought it was kind of overly, uh, adversarial. Uh, I think that I would have preferred more of a messaging of we have a bold new direction for the party and we invite you to join us as opposed to these people are bad, they're losers and we're going to take over. It worked, you know, it yeah. worked. I and, and I never thought it wouldn't necessarily work. I just thought that it was going to create a lot more division than it needed to. Ultimately, they won, right? They came in, they had the, the best numbers. It wasn't even close. And they completely dominated every single aspect of the convention. The two things I want people to, to that I hope people are walking away from it with are that number one, no one has died. This is not a, like, this is not, you know, there wasn't a purge. People weren't put up against a wall. No one was guillotined or put in a gulag. A faction took over the party. And if they do really well, which I hope they do, because I I want this party to grow and I want this movement to grow, then we'll do great. And if they don't, if they utterly fail, well, then we will have learned our lesson and we can move forward from that. And more than likely, there's going to be successes and failures. We can maximize on the successes. We can learn from the failures and we can move forward from there. And if if you are still uh, deeply against this, bring more people. You have to organize party politics, both internally and externally, is all about bringing more people to show up than anyone else to have them on your side. That's what it's all about. So bring more people next time. If you are happy about how things are going and you want to make sure that Mises continues to stay in charge, bring more people. So it really it comes down. You know, I'm distilling it down to its basic thing. Party politics is about bringing more people. The other takeaway I want to get is that, unfortunately, no one wanted to try to compromise at all with Mises and see if there were ways that they could work together for the most part. So for example, it was basically Mises way or the highway for the entire convention. And that wasn't hundred percent their fault because no one was really trying to work with them. Well, really the until, one, until you, you, you were the one exception to that. The, the <laughs> one exception to that was with the bigotry wording. 
I understood yeah. why they wanted to remove the bigotry wording. There's nowhere else in the in the platform that makes a moral judgment about someone's actions or behavior other than saying you shouldn't force anything on anyone else. So like we don't say the government shouldn't tell you what you can put in your body, but heroin's really bad and it's bad for you and it could ruin your life. We don't say the government has no business telling consenting adults what kind of sexual relationships they can get in, but having lots of unprotected sex can lead to with you know multiple uh, unknown partners can lead to you know STDs and uh, an unplanned pregnancy. Like we don't do that. We we so this was the one time that we're going, but you know this is really bad and we condemn it. The problem is if you remove it, it looks like we're kind of saying that we're okay with that, right? Like that's that's what it looks like is we're going. Actually, we don't really think bigotry is bad. We don't have a problem with bigotry. We're cool with bigotry. Yeah. <laughs> so my compromise, which I kind of came up with, that I had a couple of people reach out to me and say are you cool with a compromise language? And I said, well, what, what's the compromise? What's the language? And they said, well, we were hoping you'd do that. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I, I, I talked with Angela McArdle. I talked with Michael. I talked with some non-Mises people that wanted to work on it. Uh, I talked with some uh, prominent people in the movement, a couple of prominent donors and so forth that were saying that they were going to leave the party if, if this was just removed. And so I kind of crafted some wording. And what I came up with was, uh, you know, we uphold and defend the rights of every person, regardless of their race, ethnicity, or any other aspect of their identity. And, uh, Everyone either thought it was an acceptable compromise or better than the wording it was replacing. And so it passed al almost unanimously. Uh, I think so it's kind of both. You know what I mean? Because I, mean, I think that it, I kind of agree with you that in a maybe like short term, at least there might be a like short term cost that we have to like just take that bitter pill and swallow it because some people right. might look at it just initially and go like, oh, they removed the bigotry plank and you're cool they'll take bigotry, uncharitable right? yeah. look. Yeah. But like that's to me like that's not going to be a narrative that lasts very long. That might that might last, you know, a month or two. People might reference it down the road. But yeah. anyone who actually looks at the platform and sees what what it's been replaced with, you know, I think is actually I think it is a better plank now with the new language because rather than just kind of like you know, ill bigotry. We find that disgusting. Now it's like, no, like, what are we going to do about what people are we who irrationally collectivize groups of people? It's no, yes. no matter, no matter what group you belong to, no matter what, how you identify, like you have the same rights as everybody else. And we're going to fight to uh, protect those rights. So I, I think it's actually an Here's, improvement, even if there's okay. a bitter pill to take at the, the, the onset. There was going to be a bitter pill to begin with, and they had the numbers. They had the numbers to amend the wording, and they already said that even if they didn't have the numbers to, because it takes two thirds to do a, a suspension of the rules to amend the wording. They said if we have to just remove that entire plank, uh, which only takes a simple majority, then we'll do that. So it was going to happen. And the point, the reason I brought it up is um, that there are times where you can work with a dominant faction. And, and, and not even come to them with a, hey, you know, this is going to help something pass, uh, you know, that you won't be able to get past otherwise, but come to them and say, hey, what do you think of this? Maybe this is better. Maybe this is something that can work better and, and get even more support. And it, 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 there was zero opposition from Mises or from any of the people that were against it. But up until that point, no one was talking to each other. Yeah. And, 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 there's, and, and there's nothing magical about that. It's just talk to people, like, literally right. just talk to people. And like, so like. I'll agree with you that perhaps the takeover rhetoric, like, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is at this point. It, it's over and done with. But like, you know, could yeah. a could a better uh, message be have been chosen from the onset? Like, it, it's possible. I mean, I think it's clearly possible because as mm -hmm. much as it maybe inspired people in like, you know, in, in my camp, so to speak, it also turned off some people who I think 
are good libertarians and th they might feel a little, a little bit, bit disenfranchised. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but on the flip side, uh, there weren't a lot of people who were approaching us. I won't say none, just not a lot compared to what seemed to be, um, you know, th there weren't many people approaching us in good faith compared to the amount of people who would go, well, you guys are just right wing Trumpist, you know, extremists and bigots. And oh, yeah. we yeah. demand yeah. X, Y and Z. And if you don't do that, then it's like we're just going to rage quit or just keep calling you names on the Internet. And it's like, well, that's not fertile ground for anything to be done. It's also not much of a threat, right? Like, it, yeah, that too. It has been what interesting to watch people who uh, fancy themselves political strategists and activists saying, "If you don't do what we say, we are going to do a series of things that arguably help you. Like, we're going to not present a viable alternative. We're going to not organize to bring more people. We're going to do this kind of like." cloak and dagger, you know, uh, shenanigans stuff with the rules to make you look more sympathetic to someone who's kind of on the fence on this whole thing. We're going to give you the moral victories by trying to purge you. We're going to say how upset we're about it constantly, which actually energizes you uh, because that was fine with you for us to be upset. Like we're not, we're every, we're, every action we take is going to, if at, at the least, not hurt you and at most help you politically so you better do what we say and it just it it, it didn't work i i told uh michael for the for the and and quite a few people i've said it on a few shows as well all last year when people were coming up to me and saying well you know we have to stop the mises caucus i've been up front with saying listen i want all sorts of competition. I want as many different competing groups bringing all sorts of new blood in and, and having a, a, a wide, robust debate marketplace of ideas of how to move this party forward and then go and all do it our different ways, not even have to just pick one way. So I was telling people, listen, if you want to stop Mises, look at what they're doing. They're making this fun. They are gamifying it. They're making this an a, a immersive experience for, for the people that are joining their caucus. You need to do that too. And they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. So Mises won. Could Mises have done better uh, with, you know, choosing less inflammatory rhetoric regarding, you know, the takeover or whatever? Because I, I know people that like align with the goals and values of Mises, but they didn't like that. They perceived yeah. it as an invasion. We're libertarians. We kind of naturally, you know, uh, bristle against a perceived invasion. Right. Um, so I think it could have been better, but ultimately it didn't really matter because they were the only ones who had a solid ground game for organizing. And so they did it. Going back real quick to the, the compromise wording, the analogy I've been using is this. If you are, um, if you're someone who has uh, people in power who are threatening you and threatening to, you know, oppress you, threatening to marginalize you, threatening to harm you with the power of the state. Uh, it, let's say it's because of your skin color or your ethnicity or your sexual identity, whatever, your gender identity, it doesn't matter. For something that you don't have any control over because of their bigotry towards you, they're using the power of government to infringe upon you, to make your life harder and ultimately to harm you. And there are two people witnessing this. And one of them says, I condemn this. It's irrational and arguably even worse than that, it's repugnant, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then another person, is standing there and goes, I will do everything I can to advocate for you, to uphold your rights and to defend your rights because this isn't right and no one should be treated this way. Which of those people 
do you think is going to be a more effective ally against you who are being harmed by actual, not just bigotry, someone's bad opinion about you, but actual like systemic bigotry, actual people in power using their power to hurt you because they hate you? Which one of those is something that's that's you think is going to be more helpful? Someone condemning the fact that it's happening or someone pledging to actually fight alongside you to, to fix it? Yeah, exactly. And and the latter actually is, um, I think, more effective, too, just because, like, I was never offended by that plank, but I understood why a lot of, you know, fellow like, I, I get you know, people I get yeah. wanted to remove it because we've kind of been on the receiving end of that word being weaponized and, and really the, the meaning of that too, word yeah. being obfuscated by, by I think, the, the political left um, over, over, like, the last decade, especially. I remember even, like, this is part of what, because I used to be you know, registered Democrat and Bernie Sanders supporter before I became a libertarian. But I never really got into the like full blown, like woke stuff and kind of like yep. wanting to call everything racism because it just seemed silly to me. Um, it was just like, it, I, I don't know. Um, it, it is what it is. I think that's been talked a lot about, but I, I agree oh, yeah, with yeah. you. I think that um, I like the new wording better. And if people don't like it, like, I don't know. It, 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 it's fine. I, I get why the like the, the optics of removing it might look bad initially, but it's like, again, like, you know, now what's happened since then? Have you seen, seen the LMC Twitter go out there and make a bunch of like, you know, tweets about how we hate minorities or something like, no, it's if anything, it was funny because we, we made a tweet on like, I don't know, within the first couple of days of Pride Month about LGBT rights. Yeah. And then yeah. we had some people on like, you know, maybe the four the far right side of the camp going like, oh, you guys are You're just pandering. as woke as the last regime. Woke. And no, I was like, no, oh, my yeah, God, I, I was like. I was like, I was like, no, now you're just being silly. I was like, you know, and, like we. <laughs> and then, and, and what was interesting was there was that there were people saying, oh, you're just as woke. And it's like, no, they're literally saying they defend everyone's rights and that government shouldn't be involved in your relationships. That's a explicitly libertarian message. Now. I don't know. That's not. Yeah, that's woke. That's <laughs> now woke. Acknowledging that there are different people that are in different subgroups that are right, acknowledging well, affected well somebody by, somebody literally told me it was like it was the fact that you used the term lgbt i was like wait are we not allowed to uh, like acknowledge that? that gay and trans people exist now exist like, is it yeah no and, and that <laughs> but it would be like saying like it would be like saying like the uh you know uh focusing on the fact that you know some of these covid regime restrictions were especially harmful to uh, the parents of young children whose development was, you know, delayed as a result of not, you know, getting the the access to education and things like that. And people going, but what about like high school kids and adults too? It affected that. Why are we pandering to children and parents? Like it, it's, you can, it is, you can acknowledge that there's a specific group or, or subgroup of people who are acutely or more acutely affected by a specific thing as an example of the overall arch overarching message of, you should yeah. have control over yourself and ownership of yourself. It's just otherwise all we would tweet is you own yourself. No one should tell you what to do. And then the next day you own yourself and no one should tell you what like it, it's you have to you're messaging to what people are talking about. There's nothing wrong with that. But then I saw on the other side that there were people going, see, this is the problem. They don't understand that the problem is not government harming, uh, you know, uh, uh, gender and sexual minorities. It's the it's the bigotry of people that won't accept them. No. No, no, the problem is the when that is put to power. Right. <laughs> the problem is not someone going, I don't know, the gay people that just don't sit right with me. The the what the problem is when that person or some other person uses the government 
to enforce their bigotry. We talk a lot about like systemic racism, systemic bigotry, and the left and really the right too wants you to focus on the racism part or the bigotry part. Libertarians would like you to focus on the systemic part. Right. Without the system in place to harm people, regardless of why they're harming them, whether it's because of your race, your ethnicity, or just because you're in their way, which more often than not is why it is, because they're predators and you're prey. But whatever it is, if you get rid of that gun, it doesn't matter what the person who was wielding it thinks about you because they don't have a gun to use against you anymore. And I, I, I hope moving forward, and I've already started seeing it, and I liked it in that LGBT uh, tweet. I liked it in, in what I've seen so far from the uh, Libertarian Party social media and in coordination with the state affiliates. I'm not. I'm going to admit I haven't seen every single thing. I've been really busy with You Are the Power, so there may be something that I, I would look and say, oh, I'm not sure what I thought of that. But overall, everything I've seen has been putting it back to what actually matters. Take the power out of the hands of these craven, pandering politicians and, and do-nothing bureaucrats and the, and the billionaire cronies that sponsor them. That, and put it back in your hands. That's what right. matters. That is the core of our message. And if we stick to that, I think it's a it's an inherently intuitive message. It's one that makes sense. It's an inherently populist message. We're literally saying power to the people and actually meaning it. Um, and I think it's a winning message. I think if we stick with it, it's a winning message. Yeah. And I, I think some people on both maybe extremes just don't understand that, like, uh, again, criticisms can sometimes be very warranted i'm not somebody who would say oh, that the Mises caucus yeah. has yeah. always you know you know th there have been things that i've been critical about but i think overall uh, the way i've looked at it is that like the push has been to bring the lp back to a more principled and more thin libertarian approach not really mm -hmm. hyper focusing on either side of the culture war now because yeah. it, and this is my opinion and you know some people can feel free to disagree but but I think up until this takeover that the dominant culture and direction the LP was going was uh, to to a certain extent uh, leaning more towards the quote unquote left side of the culture war. Um, I, I think I, it's socially libertine, right? Like people yeah. that they're not just saying that you have the right to do it; they're saying, and we agree with it, and we're cool right, with right. it. Like we right. personally like it, which that still has a place in the movement, right? Like that, I, I consider myself. I live personally very traditionally you know i'm a i'm a, 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 a monogamous married man i don't do drugs i don't even drink i don't even drink coffee i'm, I'm almost mormon and i <laughs> i'm like you know i'm 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 pr pretty traditional in that way but i also am like pretty open and accepting of uh, however anyone is is choosing to live as soon as as long as they're not uh, hurting anyone else i'm not just tolerant i'm actually accepting but that's me right and and that but i'm also accepting of people who don't think that way, as long as they don't want to harm anyone else. I don't have to agree with your opinions on society. That's the whole point of libertarianism. We need to declare a truce between people who think this way about society and, and cultural things and people exactly. who think this yeah. way, as I long as we all agree that we should not be forcing ourselves on others, right? And I, yeah. I think the party, as a political party, should be keeping as much of a, a, a skeleton framing around yes. just saying, we support your rights. We support your right to do all of these different things. And we leave it up to individual people, whether they like it or not. And that's really what it is. I, I really think we should be doing that. Yeah. And, and that's what I was trying to get at is that like, yeah. there's people on both sides who think that our, you know, our thin libertarianism is too thin. 
because you know some people will conflate it with their more you know libertine you know uh, socially progressive outlook of libertarianism and then some people you know and and like i have to deal with this on my side because i'm more of a like conservative christian um but but it's like so um i think we talked about this a little bit last time on your show it's like i you know i tend to have conservative views of uh, you know, and, and religious views of what marriage is. It's between a man and a woman. I, I don't really have the same views on uh, on sex or gender identity that people on the opposite side of the aisle of me would have. But it's like, um, but I'm not trying to make libertarianism Christianity. I just right. don't want you to make libertarianism the opposite, you know, either. It's like, let's just agree to like, let's end, as you said eloquently, let's just end the systemic oppression of, of you know, all these different Anyone. groups. And then you have freedom of association. And I think that's what, you know, so, and I think, you know, not perfectly, but the Mises caucus has been attempting to come back to more of that sort of thin libertarianism. But if you're on the left, you're kind of going like, oh, you're moving towards the right. Therefore you're, you know, this is like a, you're, you're moving to the right, not towards maybe more of like a center. And then the people on the right go, oh, you're, you're still on the left. You didn't come all the way over here where I'm at. And it's just like, right. well, it's just, I don't know. I find it annoying because I get, I get it on both sides constantly. It's just like, like, oh, you're a, you're enabling degeneracy or you're a bigot. It's like, guys, make up your mind. Okay. I, I have, can't I can't be both. be both of these things. <laughs> I cannot be both a uh, alt-right entryist and a, a, you know, a degenerate cuck. Like it, it's right. one, it's one or the other. Like it's, it, there has to be a, can we can we come up the perfect can we come up with a compromise between I'm a degenerate cuck and I'm an alt-right entryist? No, I, I I think that and now I will say this. Uh I have seen not from uh from uh party affiliates or anything like that, but from some individuals on the we'll start with the Mises side because it's been on both sides, but on the Mises side who will veer past just I don't agree with that and actually like saying like harmful things towards uh, particularly like gay people uh, gender and sexual minorities and so forth some racial stuff but more so it's really more the lgbt stuff right like making memes making fun of trans people killing themselves and stuff like that that's unacceptable and 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 when i say unacceptable i don't want to associate with that it's not it should be illegal it's i don't want to be around that and i don't want any any leadership in the party having anything to do with that in the same token i have seen times when people have made similar comments about someone like you who is a you know more conservative religious person uh you know uh, more traditional and doesn't believe in these things and these are like to to dehumanize someone uh and to say terrible things about them because they're Which living their life bigotry or, is it's kind of his bigotry. It's it's kind of the exact textbook definition of bigotry, yeah. which is an intolerance of the of the opinions of others, right? Or or the uh, intelligent uh, intolerance of the of uh, of different ideas or something like that, right? So that's bad, and we shouldn't have that anywhere near you know uh, the the party leadership or towards the messaging within the party. It's not. It should be illegal. It's that's not the foot we should be putting forward, and and we should be uh, I. Uh, when I see that, I distance myself from people like that because I don't want to be personally associated with them. Again, free association. But I think outside of that, I think that there needs to be there are going to be people in the movement that think that, you know, um, uh, uh, Christianity and Islam and, and Judaism and, and religion in general is just a bunch of hocus pocus superstition. And there are going to be people who think that, you know, that is uh, the, that we should be living by the word of God, whatever, you know, whether it's the, the, the Bible, the, the, the Tanakh, uh, um, 
Bagad Vita or, uh, or, or the Quran or whatever else. Uh, and, and that that's how they think we need to have some truces here. Like as long as we, the, the, the things that are that, that thin no, line, Spike, and thin if we take control of the state and try to conquer the culture, it'll work this time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the government, when our culture, whatever that is, takes over government, it will suddenly work and yeah. not totally backfire. We don't have thousands things. of years of history to prove that this doesn't yes. work. <laughs> we don't have the entirety of, of pretty much the post-Babylonian uh, uh, empire, like from there moving forward, showing us uh, that uh, government is a uniquely bad way to organize people, right? But as long as, I think the one the one thing that we need to stick to is I don't want to force my opinion on you. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, as long as you're not harming anyone else, whether I love what you're doing and want to join you in it, or whether I think it's absolutely terrible and don't want to even be within smelling distance of it, uh, then I don't, which can be pretty far with some things, but uh, whatever it is, uh, as long as we don't want to, uh, the way we're going to build the kind of big tent movement we need is to allow for people that have differences of opinions on how people should live. Um, and as long as no one wants to hurt each other and, and wants to impose themselves on each other, that's what liberty is going to look like. That's what a civil society is going to look like. A bunch of people who disagree and have their own little in-groups and their own little you know, uh, 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 associations that they have and disassociations that they have but aren't hurting each other. That's what we want. That's literally what we want. What What's your opinion? I mean, I think, you know, I think this, this works for like 99% of situations. Like the, sure. there, there's two issues where it, like this becomes harder to, to preach because it's like you get into the, the weeds and the nuance. And I'm curious what your thoughts are. I mean, something you've probably seen if you've looked at Twitter at all over the past couple of weeks is, is some people um, from the more, you know, conservative um, side kind of going after some of the the more libertine types because they they think that there is a a push and I, th and I think there is uh, I think this does exist I'm still trying to sort out to what extent it exists right, but right. but but that there's a, a concerted effort to push um, sort of like uh, transgenderism or like you know drag queen uh, story, story time or you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuffing dollar bills down people's you know yeah no that was my line stuff. That, uh, yeah. let me go ahead and stop <laughs> keep asking the question but i'm gonna that was my line like it's not gonna lick itself and uh kids at what is i believe either a nightclub or a strip club at night yeah with all the stuff still up stuffing uh dollar bills into people yeah no that that was my line if, if the if the line hadn't been crossed before that that was certainly my line but anyway, yeah because i agree that there's a like as much as i share the criticism of a lot of that movement with my fellow conservatives my, my liber libertarian um you know uh, sympathies always kind of viewed this as like this is a tension between uh like parental rights and yeah. um yeah. like where do you draw that line like you know should we use the government to interfere with what parents do and i'm like you got to be really careful with that because it's a, um, that it, is a <laughs> we're both anarchists, right? We yeah. know that government is a bad way of doing stuff. So like even if I'll say, OK, listen, this is my line and this needs to be stopped. We know that getting government involved can make it way, way worse. Yes. It can potentially backfire and make it worse. It's it's why I consider myself and this isn't I want to get back to your thing. But an example of that is uh, abortion. 
I'm with Harry yeah. Brown when it comes to abortion. I hate abortion, which is why I don't want to ban on it, because I think a war on abortion is going to be just like the war on drugs and the war on poverty. That was, the, the, that, that, was, that was the other issue. I was like, it was like this issue, like the trans stuff and like the abortion issue are the two issues where like it's the hardest to kind of have that like live and yeah. let live thing. Well, so let, yeah, I guess. so let, let's get back to abortion in a second. But I, I want to address yeah. this because the the shorter answer is. I'm not 100% sure where the line is, man. I'm glad yeah. that I don't have kids right now because I would, or at least I shouldn't say that. I'm glad that I don't have to deal with this because I do think that, you know, I, I've seen the ones that people get upset about where it's just like someone who's dressed up in drag at a library reading a kid's book. That doesn't really bother me. I'm not sure I'd have my kid go to it, but I, I the people that are like, oh, that's grooming or whatever, I, they're dressed as a woman. They're not like doing sexual stuff. It wouldn't be from a sexual standpoint any different than a woman dressed as a woman doing it. It's just it's an odd thing. I, I again, I, I could see myself saying, ah, I don't want my kid around that. But I can also see people going, yeah, I do want my kid around that. That thing with the with the nightclub and the dollar bill stuffing and yeah. the stuff that I've been seeing were like at middle schools, there are people showing up and doing essentially strip teases, but they keep some of the clothing on like that's not cool at all and i would not want if i had a kid in that school i'd pull them out of it that's it, it, and if it was a a uh non-trans woman you know dressed right yeah the, a, the yeah, issue like, is less not, yeah the issue it's is not less the lgbt the part yeah <laughs> it's the adults being sexual part and the right. hey, kids give them a dollar like that's not cool that it that isn't cool now the question becomes at what involvement do i want government and i think instead of getting into the what government should or shouldn't be enforcing, I think we can take an even further step back and say, this is what government being in charge of education looks like right. in the first damn place. What parents said they wanted this? Yeah, that's... <laughs> even the ones that are okay with it. Who was waking up and going, you know what, the thing that I'm really worried about, Jacob, it's not inflation. It's not about whether my kid can get into a good school and be able to have a good job. My kid is not being exposed enough to kind of mildly sexual... Uh, drag queen content uh, at school. And that's not something's got to give there, Jacob. Like no one wanted this. This was government busybodies who are checking off a, a diversity, equity and inclusion thing. And some group is like, hey, we got an idea. And they will. Yeah, all right. That's a less for us to have to do. This is what government looks like. And so I think the the better answer to like specifically this type of stuff is keep government the hell out of it. Government shouldn't be involved in schooling. And this is a textbook example of why same thing with this like uh the trans kids debate do i know what is or is not a good idea for gender affirming care for uh for a, a young person who, who identifies as trans? i have no clue i have no clue at what age level i'm pretty sure that i i can tell you i don't think uh actual body modifications uh is is a good thing before you're an adult i'm increasingly doubting that getting hormones involved uh which are not fully reversible like they say um yeah, yeah. uh is is a good way of dealing with it but i honestly I, I i you know gender affirming care like acknowledging that what they say is 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 true i don't know but i do know that government will screw it up yeah. i know that i've got we've got some governments that are mandating that your kids get this if they even you know say to anyone that they think they're trans and then the parents not even being allowed to know because they might be bigots you never know and then on the other side, you've got threats of in like Texas where they're calling the police and CP, uh, CPS or whatever they call it in Texas, child protection on parents of teenagers who are who have, you know, are openly trans and, and aren't even having surgeries or anything else. So 
I don't, government is just, and what, what they're doing in both cases, if you'll spot the pattern, in both cases, either for the more traditional side or the more libertine side, they're both arguing that the parent is doing something bad and so the government should be in charge of it. And I got news for you. That's going to end poorly for everyone. So I yeah. don't want government involved. And I think if we take a greater step back, we're looking at the fact that government involvement is what led to all these stupid debates in the first place. Yeah. And and really, like when, when you just go back to what government is, which is just, you know, men with guns compelling people to do things. It's like Not these are really so. these are really awful situations to try to come up with solutions for. But it's like I don't know how just throwing in the same way. It's kind of like when people go like, oh, this, you know, public education is failing. Let's throw more money at it. Like that, that doesn't really yes. solve the root yeah. of the problem in the same way. Just throwing a bunch of men with guns into the situation to say like, no, it's definitely going to fix it, the trans it, kids it, debate. Yeah, exactly. Right. It, it, exactly. It, it, exactly. So it's it, it's a very tough issue for me because I, I, I definitely, you know, and again, it's like. I'm always careful to try to like, you know, because sometimes things are exaggerated, some things are taken out of context right, and, and, right. and you know, overreported. And I never want to like, you know, it's really easy uh, to follow. Oh, you don't want to feed that, into like, the frenzy, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be a reactionary, which is, yes. you know, which is a danger that I see a lot of other conservatives fall into and I try to avoid. Not always perfectly, but I do my best. Um, but but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I do think I I do feel like. I mean, I, you know, for me, what I would do is like, yeah, pull my kids out of that school and homeschool them. I mean, heck, kids my kids are already school? homeschooled. I'm not even putting them in there in the first place. Exactly. Um, for the people, like, so like the only argument that I I see some people make is, well, not everyone is going to do that all at once or uh, even think that as an option. And is there room for like, you know, triage in a sense, like in 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 the, the, right, the battle right. right now until we get to the point where the government's out of this? Should we at least tell public schools that like, OK, you can't do, you know, you know, X, Y and Z that we can. Right. We should right, all be right. able to agree are really, really bad. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds it sounds good. It sounds good. Like the devil's in the details. Like, you know, yes. you got to approach that. Like at the very least, if you're going to do that, at, approach it. Don't I? I would say approach that from your local level government. Exactly, it's probably a lot better than trying to approach it from Washington or even approach it from your state level government. So, so Rothbard talked it. about this. Rothbard talked about this, and I'm sure other anarchist theorists have talked about it ad nauseum, which is sort of the idea of the closest approximation, right? Like, if we're yeah. not going to be able to press the Rothbard button to make government go away, uh, and we are stuck with a state in the meantime. How do we, if possible, try to get the closest approximation from the state of what would have happened absent the state? Well, that's a slippery slope if there ever was one, obviously. But I think the answer to that in this case is maybe we should be letting these kinds of decisions, which are largely cultural decisions, be decided as locally as possible. Because now, if if who knows, man, maybe we find out and I'm just saying hypothetically, what if we find out that our concerns of and again, this is hypothetical, we find out that our concerns about some of the stuff that's going on with trans kids was completely unfounded, it was the best way to handle it, and we should have been accepting it all along. Why don't we try that as a test bed in local areas and see if it works? Instead of if it turns out that it's an absolute nightmare and a terrible thing that leads to generational harm of children, then 
that was happening locally. It wasn't a one size fits all program. The other part of that is it's also more responsive. You are far more likely to get your school board to change course, even if it means replacing every last one of the school board members, than you are to get something changed at the state level. Once yeah. mission creep has set in, once there's an entire cottage industry of, of rent seeking lobbyists built around it, much less at the federal level where it's basically permanent and becomes a part of our society that we're told we could have never lived without before it was implemented a year ago. So well, they, I, I think we need to just be on any of this stuff as local and as granular as possible. The ironic thing, too, um, is that a lot of the more right-leaning libertarians, and you know, I, I consider myself somewhat right-leaning, um, although sure. I'm not like purely like, you know, it's I, I hate putting things in boxes like that because um, temperamentally I'm actually more left-leaning so it, it, it's kind of it's kind of weird psychologically I have all the traits that you would expect of which makes sense because I started out as a registered Democrat a Bernie, bro, yeah. Bernie, bro, Bernie bro so um, <laughs> but so a lot of the the right-leaning libertarians will talk all the time about high time preference versus low time preference behaviors yep, exactly. and yep. and I'm just like okay I was like let's talk about high time preference behaviors then like yes. if we lived in Ancapistan and your solution to any imperfection in society is let's band together, travel, you know, miles away and enforce our set of rules upon people. I was like, not only are you not only are you not, not in Kapistan anymore, now you're you're it's essentially becoming a state. But, yes. but with a high oh, time no. preference because oh. instead of trying to did you did we cut out for a little bit I, there? I, I lost you for a second but you're back yeah um but yeah instead of trying to like solve the problem in ways that will actually solve it you're like no we don't have time to try to solve this in a in a you know well-reasoned well thought that way, way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like yeah. you know brute force just rain men with guns down on the problem and stop mm -hmm. like that 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 doesn't work like and i think the problem is like a lot of people and this happens all over the place not just on the right i think it's this sort of like nirvanian fa fallacy where people are yes. just like and it's like but like then you're you're showing to me that your understanding of libertarianism is shallow because it's not utopianism like no one's saying that we eliminate Nothing. the state no. and oh, all the problems in the world went away and we don't have complicated issues uh, like like this trans kid debate or abortion debate that we still have to kind of think about and solve in our individual communities and as a society. No, as a holistic be, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. These are still going to be like contentious issues. But all yep. the anarchist and the libertarian is saying is trying to use the state to solve these problems is a bad idea. That that's that, that doesn't we're not going to have utopia and we have to learn to try to, you know, like, even if you're convinced that you have the correct answer, it's like, well, then you need to through the market, through uh, social cooperation, through, you know, effective messaging and advocating yep. that for what you you know, for what the truth is, um, push that into society. And, and that actually solves the problem in a meaningful, more long lasting way than if yep, you just yep. try to. Uh, you know, correct the, the problem through fiat. Well, that's the reality of high time preference decisions, right? Is that yeah. in desire to have this quick or perfect thing, you end up making things worse very often and making the problem last longer, uh, which feeds into your, your preference to get it fixed immediately. And so we end up going from crisis to crisis like we have right now, right? And and I'm glad that you've made that connection that it is a it's high time preference. And it's also this really weird 
almost childish utopianism. Like whenever I start talking about guns, inevitably someone will show up and say, but what are you going to do to make sure that no shootings happen? And I'm like, you mean ever? Right. Yeah. <laughs> How am I going to make sure that no one ever shoots anyone? And let's go even further because shooting is just a you well, know it's a, a good a thing. Police of, never no, shoot people, first of all. No, well, of course <laughs> not. But, yeah, I mean, let's even let's go past shooting because shooting is only one way to kill someone, right? How, you're asking me how do I stop murder from ever happening, right. and and then being shocked that I don't give you a satisfactory. Here's how I'm going to stop all murders. That's how people how used to the pandering of politicians people are yeah. think of the cognitive dissonance of realizing everyone realizes there's no such thing as utopia right like anyone who's having these conversations realizes you're never going to make murder go away you're not but yet they will get angry if you don't pretend along with them that there's some utopian strategy to all of this if you actually say listen murders are going to happen uh you know rape is going to happen uh 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 Assault's going to happen. Theft is going to happen. We're trying to figure out a way to reduce it as much as possible and empower people to protect themselves from it as much as possible and to remove the systemic harm of systemic murder and systemic theft and systemic uh, sexual abuse like the TSA and things like that. Like we're trying to talk about how that is is how to do that. And they're upset that we're not playing into save big money when you start your next project today at menards convert your current recessed lighting with energy saving led downlights from fight electric they're bright and install easily in just minutes they also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch save big on all fight lighting products now at menards shop our lighting options today in store and on menards.com save big money at this like pandering political well yes we're gonna fix all of this for good you'll never have to worry about the cost of anything ever again and it's it's childish it's it is it is we are not we're not participating in their childish fantasy well someone's comment here was we we don't want to eliminate the state just uh a million hoas it's like okay let's say that's the sort of like that weird in between anarchy and monarchy society that we we move towards. Well, it's no longer an HOA if that HOA then like forms a militia and starts invading and conquering other right. HOAs it, to yeah, impose their rules. Yeah, like, it's that, yeah. like if you're going to have like rules within a private community, go ahead and do that. I, I personally don't have a problem with that, but they stay within your private community and they have yes. to be enforced. I, you know, ideally through contract and private property rights, not through yes. the initiation of force. So it's so the problem with the HOAs. It's a huge difference. It's also the difference between what an HOA or or free association would look like in a stateless society and what it looks like now. Let's be clear. The problem with an HOA isn't that they have standards. It's that they will often get petty dictators who work with the state to enforce yeah. their petty keystone cop dictation on you. That's the problem. Again, it goes back to the government and the state. If there wasn't that power of, like you said, men with guns willing to show up and enforce this stuff, now they're just your schmuck neighbor telling you, you know, uh, it says that you can't do this, but really it means you also can't do this. And you go, no, it doesn't. It means this, and I'm, I'm not going to listen to you. It's that they can get the police involved. They can get you uh, hemmed up in the courts. That's what causes the problem, right? So, yep. again, in a, if we're going into you know what stateless societies would look like, your HOA would be a, a voluntary free association group. Would there be some need for enforcement of things? 
yeah, there would, but it wouldn't be the state. And it would be uh, it would be beholden and accountable to the stakeholders in that community, which yep. is not what policing is. That is not what law enforcement is. So uh, a perfect example of this, I have uh, where I live, I, I've I've owned homes uh, in like much more strict HOAs. Never do that again. Uh, the home I live <laughs> in right now, uh, my home right now, we have it, it's an HOA on paper, but there's no uh, monthly dues. Uh, every couple of years, they'll they'll send a letter around and say, hey, we're we're gonna you know clean up the signs at the front entrances, and uh, you know we've got someone that's doing. We'll usually have someone that volunteers to you know keep the front landscaping look good and stuff like that. And every once in a while, they'll ask for a donation, and if everyone gives like. 20 bucks or whatever it pays for the cost of it and they they raise that easily because when 20 bucks who cares some people give more um we don't have a common amenity so there's not ongoing fees or anything like that there's a a master deed but it's very very basic like it, it is not it's pretty much what the county zoning is we don't really have a lot of additional restrictions on it and everyone gets along and every once in a while some busybody will come around and go we we need to ban uh uh airbnbs and we'll say no no, we're good. We haven't had any problems. That's some fear you have. If we have a problem, we'll deal with it. But that's your thing. And so it doesn't happen. Someone else comes along and goes, uh, from now on, all the homes need to be at least 3000 and heated square feet. And we go, well, no, that's our homes aren't that big. And if we had a fire, we'd have to spend extra money to make it. We're not doing that. And so yeah. like every once in a while, some busybody will come along and try to rile everyone up. And we'll be like, no, we like it here. It's good. And and the, the power, it's not that the people in this community, some of them aren't also busybodies when it comes to like government and, and what they think government should do. It's that we have a good status quo here. We like it here. We like how it's working. So when someone shows up and goes, you know what, the problem is blah, blah, blah. We're all like, or most of us are like, there is no problem. This is something you don't like. So you don't do it. And that's worked out very well. Now imagine if there wasn't even a state with the threat of possibly looming over us of enforcing that. I think that would be a great way to run a, a little mini micro society. Yeah, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, so back way back when I uh, initially invited you on the show, which was way before Reno, um, it was because of I wanted to talk, I wanted to get a little bit into the abortion stuff again, sure. uh, because of the uh, the leak about the the decision yes. that's upcoming on Roe versus Wade. Which, yeah, um, we got into this a little bit the, the last time you were on, but um, you know, I, I think this is an issue again, kind of like the other one where uh, I think people on both sides kind of get it wrong. Um, uh, because they, they, and this is, I'm curious for your thoughts to connect it back to Reno too, on the deletion of the abortion plank. Um, because yeah. as much as the deletion, the, the, the chain, the proposed deletion and then change of the bigotry plank, I think there's a lot of nuance and, and, you know, maybe like good faith positions on both sides. Um, I think there was no, there was no compromise to be made on abortion. It was, yeah. 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 I think that that was like 100% the right move. Um, and because I, I think that now, you know, I, I was on a podcast last week and they were debating this and they were saying like, Oh, well, the plank before was effectively neutral. I was like, eh, well, there's a it, lot it was, of people that it paid yeah. lip service to the idea that like, well, this is a hard issue and there's good faith arguments on both sides. But yeah. and then like regurgitate the idea that like um, effectively government like a, a pro-choice argument, yeah. the government shouldn't be involved. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, that's just like that's so now now to be fair. In a sense, I sort of agree with that statement, but it gets the problem is everybody is going to do, like, how do you define government? What do you mean by be involved? Like, it's such a nuanced yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that, like, yes, 
it, it, I think it is better um, to have that be um, removed. But um, okay, so, so here, let's talk here's on my, that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's my take. I was not in favor of removing it, and not because I thought it was neutral. I thought that it it was. It, it definitely wasn't neutral because it says government shouldn't be involved. Well, that's essentially the, I guess, pro-choice argument. Uh, I, like I said, I don't consider myself pro-choice because I think we need to be doing so much more focus on how to reduce abortions. I am not, you know, safe, rare, and legal. I am not celebrate your abortion. I am, this is a terrible societal problem that we need to deal with in voluntary societal ways and in looking at how government is making it worse. I, I, I consider myself a pro-choice person that is sick and tired of people wanting to create a war on abortion that would inevitably make the problem worse and lead to more abortions. So the reason that I was in favor of the wording and keeping the wording there is I don't want government to be involved. I think they will make it worse. And, and, and here's my, my thought on that. So when my in order for this to stand up long term, like legally in court, they're going to have to say, essentially, that prior to being born that you have 14th amendment equal right equal protections under the constitution that that's going using our the system of government imposed on us through the constitutional system that's going to have to be the argument they make and which means at some point they're going to have to say sometime between conception and birth probably just conception, but maybe they'll pick some arbitrary time in between then third trimester uh, with brain activity, heart activity, whatever. They'll have to pick some point prior to birth at which that is now a person, a recognized human being that has all of the same equal protections um, as, as you or I would have. Here's what that leads to. Uh, my mother had to have, uh, I believe, seven pregnancies before she was able to have me. Uh, se seven, I believe it was seven failed. I was either the seventh one or she had seven ones. Right. Every miscarriage is out. a criminal investigation. Not only is it a criminal investigation, Jacob, at some point they're going to say, listen, you keep creating constitutionally protected people knowing full well that they're probably going to die. That's not happening anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only the, way yeah. they're going to be able to enforce <laughs> that is through licensing. And you yeah. know what happens with licensing? You have regulations. The cost of everything related to it goes to the roof. You build a rent-seeking uh, cottage industry around it. You build a black market where people continue to get abortions because the demand didn't go away. And you end up in a situation where having a and, and you can already hear it now. I know it. You can already hear people go. Listen, if you want to have a pregnancy, you need to go through the legal process. It's not safe for a kid not to have an illegal pregnancy. Like you can already hear it, right? That's right. what's going to happen. And it'll be inside of one generation that people will talk about the anarchy that was when you could have a child without having to get permission from the government and register regularly right. about how can it. We, how can we have civilized society if, if people how, just can how, have kids willy-nilly? having kids willy-nilly kind of and yeah. the, the <laughs> government doesn't even know if you're taking your government-mandated uh, prenatal vitamins? You know that's right. what's going to happen. And here's what's yeah. also going to happen. You're going to have a bunch of poor, usually single mothers who get pregnant accidentally and they have an illegal abortion because that's easier and cheaper to hide than an illegal pregnancy. And so it's going, and those were people that would have otherwise had the child. It's going to make the problem worse. And I get people that will, you know, cause I compare it to the war on drugs and the war on poverty and people will say that's different. Uh, abortion is not the same as drugs because it's imposing on a, another life and all that. I understand that. I'm not arguing from a moral standpoint. I also hate abortion. I'm saying 
you're going to make it, it worse. Suffers, it suffers just from like the, the same. The, 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 the instrument is just as ineffective at stopping the one thing as it is stopping the other is, is the main terrorism argument. Yeah. is bad, right? It's right, not yeah. <laughs> terrorism is a bad thing. Blowing up buildings and hijacking airplanes and massacring. 20 more years to end the war on terror. <laughs> Terrorism's bad. We're not arguing that these wars are always on things that are good or, or, or that the government shouldn't be involved in. We're just saying they suck at it. Poverty is bad. These things yeah. are bad, right? Drug dealers, uh, uh, cartel uh, uh, gangs, they're all bad. Having a war on it creates an environment that maximizes a black market that is for the worst people in our society to become billionaires off of simultaneously criminalizing otherwise peaceful human action and if you want to argue that abortion is not peaceful human action fine it's not peaceful human action but you are criminalizing something and what you're also doing is ensuring that there's going to be more of it by driving up the regulatory burden and the cost of doing it the right way and instead leading people to do it the illegal way which is abortion it's going to make it worse that is my take on it i understand why it was removed it is truly the more neutral thing to do uh to just not have it there and to let individual people do it i don't think we should be neutral on it i think that even pro-life people should be acknowledging that government sucks and that we should not be advocating for or or, or missing an opportunity not to advocate for government getting involved in something that we know they're going to make worse so like Part of me agrees with you, and then part of me thinks like that there's nuance, I think, to be found, A, because the Libertarian Party is not just the the anarchist party. We have minarchists. We have constitutionalists. Yeah, I understand. We have understand. federalists, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I, I would – so it's like I have to make arguments that I don't believe in, right? It's kind of like <laughs> – so listen, I, I don't well, think fair, you can, I mean, yeah, It's like, it's like yeah. I don't think that it's possible – or I think that at the very at the very least, I think it's highly improbable that you can pass laws that have enforcement mechanisms that aren't ultimately going to be tyrannical. Um, now, now if you if you do it at the local level, I guess it's a little bit better. Um, and so some anarchists will be like, oh well, what if states ban it, or what if counties ban it? What if what if the ways in which right, you, right, right. you you ban it are less punitive or like you know criminal, and more about like you're putting restrictions around the providers and you're putting um uh, you know or or even like some so like my good friend Carrie Baldwin who uh uh is a is a kind of prominent pro life libertarian she did a debate with Walter Block at the Soho forum on the uh the topic of abortion um and and she she kind of like kind of you know agrees with like you and me that like yeah like a, a warrant abortion would be terrible and yeah. at the same time it's like there are different models of justice that are being experimented with in different areas at the local level. Like in, in, mm -hmm. in some places in Colorado, they're using like a restorative justice model. And she's like, well, I guess at the local level, if you had some kind of like, you know, laws banning abortion, but they were, you know, not done with the police state we current have. So it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, if you can imagine yeah, yeah. a minarchy that wasn't a police state and had different enforcement models, like, I, I guess, but, you know, my, 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 I can't help but flex anarchist and go, like, that's a lot of... It's, that, right? It's like, it's, what, that's it's the problem. It's a lot of what-ifs. Um, at you the could, same and time, you the only thing I'll say is, yeah, I don't want to impose my anarchist sympathies on the entire right. party. So it was like, yeah. I, the, the abortion issue is so complicated, but I think... That's why I I, I kind of favored the removal 
Uh, I wouldn't want a pro-life plank being put in it because I think that would be no, just as yeah, problematic. Just being neutral. I get yeah, that. Just being, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I think we actually have true neutrality to say, like, listen, everyone, like, like you and I can make our arguments. If somebody wants yeah. to make an argument in favor of some kind of enforcement against abortion, like, we can do that and, and people are more free to not join the party and feel like they're, you know, being forced to take on a position that they might not necessarily uh, agree on. So it, 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 it's it. definitely nuanced, it. um, the, the issue itself. But the it's, plank it, removal, it, I think, was mostly good. It's extremely nuanced. It is not as cut and dry. I, I think it's cut and dry that government sucks at everything they do, and so we shouldn't be advocating for it. I do think yeah. there is a minarchist slash classical liberal argument to make towards saying government shouldn't be involved. But regardless, there's also a, obviously a minarchist slash uh, classical liberal ar- argument to make. And I, I know the argument. The argument is yeah. that if government is to exist, it is to protect uh, the lives and rights of, of all people in it. And if I am someone who believes that personhood begins before birth, then that clearly means uh, that government should be doing something about that, whatever that is. And and yes, it doesn't need to be necessarily it's a something that you, the devil's something in the details. That What's doing? that something going to be? Because it's usually my, my, my fe- yeah. it, something usually ends up becoming like the, the worst nightmare. Right. But yeah, <laughs> my, my concern is the nature of abortion and how to regulate it. Roe v. Wade was in retrospect going to be overturned because it was decided poorly. It was decided as like this like privacy rights thing. Well, if we're arguing that there's another human being involved, then it ain't a privacy right, right? So, so, but it's going to get challenged and it's going to make its way back to the Supreme Court at some point and they're going to have to make a hard decision. It are, it's going to come down to is the four, does the 14th Amendment apply here? Are these uh, uh, constitutionally equally protected people? And if so, when? Is it, it Because yeah. if it's at conception, I know a bunch of people who are uh, – uh, not to – they used to call them test tube babies. You're not supposed to call them that anymore. In vitro babies, right? They're, they they oh, were yeah. born through yeah. in vitro fertilization. Well, the reality is the vast majority of embryos are discarded during in vitro fertilization. So that'll be illegal, right? So now you're actually anti-life. You're not creating human lives because a bunch of embryos are going to get destroyed in the process. It's a very difficult thing, man. And I, again, yes, I'm like you. I'm an anarchist. So I keep going back to the government sucks at everything they do model. Uh, but I do think even from the from a government should be doing some things model, which is hard for me to grok because I don't yeah. believe that. But <laughs> but even from that model, I think there's still an argument to make that because of the nature, it it is it is different saying we're going to enforce a law saying that you, Jacob, can't kill me, Spike, and vice versa. It becomes a lot more sticky and difficult to be able to try to enforce if one of us is inside gestating of the other one, right? Like it's a, yeah. it's just it's different, and we all know it. And so, it's just the like you said, devil is in the details. I am not. It, it was not a deal breaker for me. I I tried to see if there was some wiggle room. There wasn't. You either think government should be involved or you shouldn't. And really, honestly, the compromise between that is we just don't answer. So I understand why they did it. It's not a deal breaker. I haven't left the party. I wish it had stayed in because I do think we should be making the argument that government sucks at stuff and that this is a perfect example of how government could make things. I look forward to being on conservative shows and then bringing up abortion and me talking about how just like prohibition of alcohol blew up in everyone's faces. So would a war on, on, uh, or in the war on poverty. So would a war on abortion? Like I look well, forward it, to talking to people who hate abortion cost. as much as me about it. It's also the opportunity cost, like how much money and energy is going to go towards trying to 
just through fiat stop it all versus like what if we put that same helping, amount of money and efforts towards helping like parents. helping women because yeah. i think most women don't want to get an abortion they either get they pressured into doing it for economic yeah. reasons or, or their yeah. family's pressuring them the the, the partner the, the partner's pressuring them um you know it's a vast minority know, yeah and they know that if they have the child that child gets put in the foster care system yeah, which is and our abortion laws are incredibly ridiculous. It's 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 like you can't just go to. It, it's very hard to just go to someone, and even if you knew someone in your community that wanted a baby, the state's so terrible. involved, you can't just go. Hey, I want to give my baby to them. It's like, oh, well, we got to get our fingers in here first, and you know, do all these. If it's, it's crazy, if we po- focused our political activism on making common sense reforms on uh, adoption and, and and the foster system. And, and and possibly even getting government out of foster care, but at the very least, getting rid of some of these absurd it costs tens of thousands of dollars to legally apply for an adoption. It's kind of, it's stupid. It's crazy. Yeah. Fighting that and looking at the economic reasons. The vast majority of times that women get abortions, it is for economic reasons, and we need to look at things like getting rid of occupational licensing laws, getting rid of overly burdensome taxes that always and in, in end up hurting the the poorest among us. If fighting, getting a getting rid of the war on poverty. Uh, you know, driving, getting. Uh, more less inflationary spending policies, eventually getting rid of the Federal Reserve, things that actually drive down the cost of living and drive up economic opportunities, liberating, uh, uh, we call it liberalizing or libertarianizing the economy uh, yeah. so that more women can afford another child. Because a, a good, I think something like half of the women who get abortions are parents. These aren't baby murderers these are parents they just can't afford another kid and they don't want the kid to be put in the in the foster care system and in that moment with this child that isn't even possibly thinking or breathing yet they think you know what best thing is probably just to to you know just to to abort it and i hate that but i understand why they do it and i think if we looked at alleviating the issues that lead to abortion that would be so much of a better use of our time than trying to figure out how we can create a new black market for for you know criminals yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the the woman, the the mother is the one with the most power to protect that that baby's yep. life, exactly. and the one who kind of makes that final decision. Like all the laws in the world, like she can still through the black market end up, you know, in front of the mirror holding the, those pills in her hand, and she's yep. the one that has that power to decide. It's like you know, even if she, even if we could objectively say that, oh, if she takes the abortion pills, that's morally wrong it's like okay i and i agree i think it's morally wrong but like just just again it's like i don't know at some point it's still happening i get i get tired of moral pontificating about like like if we just loudly condemn like this is bad it's like and then we put it on on on, you know yeah it it is (laughs) if you are implementing policies that you know at best will not solve the problem but and at worst will make it worse but allows you to say well i have spoken out about this thing you are literally virtue signaling it is not helping the problem. Let's yep. address helping the problem. With that said, I understand why they removed it. It's not, we are not now a pro-life party or a, or a pro-war on abortion party. We're just letting individual uh, 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 candidates, individual activists, individual members, and, and so forth, give their opinion on it. And I'm certainly not stopping doing that. Like I said, it wasn't a deal breaker. I wanted to keep it there because I don't think government should do anything. I, 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 I want our platform to be as close to explicitly yeah. anarchist as the rest of the party can tolerate. <laughs> I hear you. So, I hear you. But, but, but I get it. And it was not, like I said, it was not a deal breaker. I, and, there, and there was no way to do a compromise there. Like yeah. that kind of already was the compromise between the pro-life position and the pro-choice position. The only 
additional compromise there could be was just saying, you know what, we're not even going to answer that. You get to decide for yourself what what your yeah. libertarian take on abortion is. I agree. So, yeah. so I guess the last subject we can talk about here. Um, I wanted to get a little bit into your, you know, personal religious views because um, sure, I haven't heard sure. you talk about this uh, a lot. On, on maybe you have, I just haven't seen it. But you yeah. know, like my, my show, I like I like to other than talking about current events and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, obviously, like I, I try to you know connect my faith and like the Bible to you know libertarian ideas anarchist ideas uh, show compatibility there and and even in more in general just trying to you know show in general how like you know people of of faith because sometimes people will look at religion and be like you know like oh you can't be an anarchist and be a you know jewish or christian or whatever because there's no gods no masters and it's like nah uh, (laughs) uh, whatever that's not a majority by any means anarchy we're thin there's thin anarchy which is just no no imposed authority that we that we don't uh accept and then there's there's i guess thick anarchy which is we don't even accept the idea of a, of a, you know, a heavenly authority or whatever. Right. So, so, you know, what are your personal like religious views and, you know, do you in any way connect, uh, you know, any faith or or spiritual beliefs you have to your libertarian uh, philosophy? So this is, so the reason I often don't, and I'm happy to talk about it, but the reason I often don't talk about religious stuff is I have found that um, it's a great way to, for people to argue about something that like, we have no control over like it's it's actually worse than arguing about politics because at least arguably you could try to change something um but so um i grew up in the uh messianic jewish tradition or first century christian tradition which is uh basically jews who believe in jesus not jews for jesus there's a distinct difference here that i'm not gonna bother (laughs) getting into but uh um but but uh messianic judaism that was what i grew up in uh, over time, I, 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 it's interesting because as I fell away from the belief part of it, the faith part of it, I actually got more into the the tradition and the 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 oral and spoken tradition part of it. So it's like as I got more away from the actual faith in a, in a, in a at least the Abrahamic description of a higher power, I actually got closer to the actual like the the um, traditional part of it like I'm much more active now than I was when I was a, a believer in like uh, Shabbat and in uh, in in dietary customs and things like that um, and in fact it was actually that faith and the I guess remnant of that faith that informed my becoming uh, an anarchist because when you look at Tanakh when you look at the 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 uh, both the the old te- well Tanakh is when you look at the Bible because that includes the New Testament but especially when you look at the Old Testament it's basically a series of stories about how God told people just follow me just yeah. trust me <laughs> just listen to me I've got this I control the entire universe just freaking calm down and let me handle this and everyone's like no no we need a king Oh please! Yeah. We need someone. Look, they got a king. They they seem happy. Let's go have a king. And God's like, okay. Well, listen. If you have a king, this bad thing's gonna happen. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Give us the king. And they're like, okay, but if it ha- it's like a Larry David thing. It's like you know, yeah. it's just, like, well, but if you do this, this is it gonna happen? And they're like, okay. And then it blows up in their face, and they get you know scattered for centuries and all. Like it's it it is a series of stories of what happens when you don't trust God and instead you just want to go off and create your own man-made law. So to me, my uh, uh, introduction into anarchy was really diving into that and going, huh, 
well, that makes sense. And, you know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have people ruling over other people. Um, I will say over time, uh, you know, I, I kind of did the, tr- the, the, a common path of people that are coming out of Abrahamic faiths where, uh, I, I call it the, the, the dual, and this is not an offense to people that believe, but I call it the dueling mythologies. There's the first mythology, uh, or, or belief, which is of the, the sort of paternal God, uh, who, who controls the, the world and is, is watching you and, and wants to make sure you do the right thing and you have to listen to them or there's going to be problems. And then a lot of people who kind of walk away from that fall into what I call the second mythology, which is the uncaring, mechanical, uh, meaningless world where you are basically just this really, really weird, unfortunate fluke that, uh, you know, uh, not sure why you're here, but it's probably not good. And uh, and there's no real purpose. And and the logical conclusion of that is if you're not having a good time, you might as well just end it because there's no reason for you to be here. Well, that over time made less and less sense. So I would say from a, a belief system standpoint, what I believe now or what I lean more towards probably is more in the realm of like Taoism or Zen Buddhism, uh, if you had to pick something. Hmm. Um, with that said, I am I I cherish and am grateful for the tradition that I came out of. And I when I look at historical figures um, and this is almost unequivocal that when you look at historical figures, you can't find someone who more embodies, not just as libertarians or anarchists, but just as good, decent people, how someone should be to others than Jesus, right? Like, uh, uh, there's little dispute that he wasn't an historical figure. Um, the, the dispute basically comes down to, was he really the Messiah and the, and the son of God and the, you know, the, the part of the, the Trinity and so forth. But whatever your take is on that part, uh, here is someone who almost indisputably was one of the best examples of how a human should be to other humans ever. And if you, obviously, if you believe he's the son of God, well, that would make sense. He's the son of God, right? Like, of course, God's going to be the best example of how people should be. But if you don't believe that, well, then that means here's someone who isn't immortal and still did all of that sacrificial stuff and still was there for other people. So uh, I will say that, you know, even despite my my lack of of the the faith in Abrahamic faith that, that, that I previously had, I still believe that the example of Jesus uh, is, if not the best, probably the best, I would say the best, but certainly one of the best examples that anyone, whether you believe or not, can look at of how should someone look at their role as a person in this world, in this society, and in how we should interact with one another. So that, yeah. that's my take on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of, you brought up, you know, kind of like the uh, the Old Testament theme, kind of starting in First Samuel 8 with like, we want yeah. a king and, you know, all that. And yeah, yeah I, I talk about that a lot. That's, that you know, yes. certainly you know, a a very important theme that I think connects, you know, sort of Abrahamic, all all Abrahamic religions, really, because they all believe, at least in, 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 in that story, uh, it connects Abrahamic religions to, to libertarianism and and anarchy. Um, but, but Jesus, you know, there's also like, there's so much there in the things he said and the things he did. One of my favorites, um, you know, because some people will kind of go like, well, no matter what, you're going to have authority, right? You're going to have people who who who, who rise to the top of, of, of you know, hierarchies in society right, and they're right. going to lead people. And it's like, listen, I agree. But like, yeah, what is what is leadership? What is what is authority and what is yes. good leadership and authority? And I yes. love the answer Jesus gave. He said, if you want to be the first among everybody, if you want to be a leader, you have to humble yourself and be a servant. 
and he yes. washed his apostles' feet. And he did like, it. He then yeah. did that. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, and not just like he was a really cool dude who, if you drink, if you drink the Kool Aid, he was the son of God. He was divine, and he humbled himself to that. To, He's to that washing level. like yeah. prostitutes' feet and stuff like that. Like, I mean, yeah. there is someone who is like literally embodying uh, the the ultimate in humility and telling people do this, right? Like do this in my stead, do this as I'm doing it. Here is how you can help people. Right. I, I think that it, it, he's, like I said, to me, he's the, the best, if not one of, if, if not the best, then one of the best examples of that. There was something I was going to say, and I'm blanking now, but, um, oh, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of Christians will get caught up in, is it Romans 13 that yeah. talks about, uh, yeah. yeah, God, God, I saw the look on your face. It's Romans 13. That well, talks well, about, me let me show you my uh my um yes but my romans 13 yes yeah. exactly so this is you know the, the 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 you know it says to submit to authority no it says to submit to godly authority right and it lays out very clearly what that godly authority is exactly and the logical conclusion of saying oh no it says all authority well then that means that anyone who resisted the third reich was a bad person right anyone who uh anyone who tried to um uh any slaves who tried to flee their captors captors were bad people in fact romans 13 was given as a justification for uh fugitive slave laws that they weren't obeying god's law to obey their their the, godly authority like the apostles didn't obey the authorities thank you <laughs> they got stoned like by the jesus didn't obey the authorities my like the name, of my, uh, the name of my podcast daniel three i mean meachak rabshak and abednego didn't submit to the they governing literally authorities just, disobeyed yeah. the authorities yes and so <laughs> like and and yeah. so and they'll say, well, but yes, but that's the, it, so it means the duly appointed authorities. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. Yeah, but what does duly appointed the, mean? Yeah. Look at the wording of when, and keep in mind, this was written, was it uh, Paul that wrote it yeah. when he was captive? Yeah. <laughs> so he was writing this out in prison, knowing it, the censors were going to look at it. So this guy has to be a little slick, right? Like when he's writing yeah. this. And so he's saying, listen, listen to the authorities, listen to the godly appointed authorities and because and they do this. And they do that. Right. They do They're not a they terror to those who do good. They're a terror to those who do evil. And it's like, yes. cool. And I always tell people, can you please find me? Like, this is the challenge. Find me one state that lives <laughs> up to Romans 13. Any and, and, any line yeah, from one. this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I say. I'm like, listen, you show me the government that qualifies for this and I'll obey them. Yeah. But we both know that doesn't exist. Right. So, so right. that's. That is, and this is where a lot of a lot of uh, people will get caught up on the other side of saying, "Well, you know, Christianity is inherently statist," and it's like, mm, not really. Uh, if I mean, you could argue that. So people will argue that Jesus was an anarchist. I think it goes deeper than that. Jesus wasn't about any man-made systems at all. One well, of my like, kingdoms Jesus, out of this world is what he. Yeah, said. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was, you know, straight up telling people like, "Give all your money away and sell it. Give it all to the poor and go follow me barefoot, walking around washing people's feet." Like he was on a different level. So to yeah. try to box him in, I mean, forget the fact that he's not a Republican or a Democrat. He wasn't a Libertarian. He wasn't an anarchist. He was like just. He was on a completely different, whether you think he was the son of God or not is irrelevant. He was on a completely different wavelength. Yeah. And we should not be trying to compare ourselves to him unless we want to go and do that crap. Like if you want to go and wash everyone's feet and own nothing and like it and and go around the world and 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 remind everyone of their failings and why they need to, to change the way that they interact with every single human being in their life, knowing that everyone's going to hate you saying that. Then, then you can you can talk about what Jesus would want. Otherwise, maybe we should just not try to pretend that Jesus fits into our paradigm of politics.
Yeah, agreed. And then, uh, you know, there's a comment here that biblical Israel was an anarcho covenant. And yeah, like the book of Judges yeah. was essentially like, you know, several hundred year period of, of Old Testament Israel where, exactly. yeah, they, they were they were just basically living. Now, and then some people go, oh, but look at what happened at the end. There was this big war that broke out and bad things happened. It's like, yeah. And then they got a king and everything was great. <laughs> like. <laughs> No more wars happened after they got a king. Yeah, no, that was fine. <laughs> Jews are, and the Jews are best known as being the most plentiful population on earth, having a huge uh, expansion of land that we have control over. You know, I, yeah. uh, someone asked me, um, you know, we talk about Jews all the time. And then they looked it up and saw there were only like 30 million Jews or some ridiculous. Like there's like next to no Jews compared to other. Po- and they're like, why is that? I'm like, because we get genocided every like. 50 to 100 years like this is the longest stretch i and I, I just found this out starting in like the 90s this is the longest stretch since the expulsion that jews have experienced living as an overwhelming minority among an overwhelming overwhelming majority gentile non-jewish population that we haven't been rounded up and killed or exiled yeah. which is good we got that going for us but the point is yeah you should not be looking at the the jewish empire as a as an example of well you know but the jews they, did it yes how did that work got, for them i don't think did they, they well? even claimed the entire promised land like like the, the, the when it was originally defined like the the borders of what god promised them i don't think at any point in their history they obtained ever all had anywhere near that no yeah. no 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 it's most of the you know they, we talk about the levant uh the, the levant it's like it goes all the way to like freaking iraq or something like yeah. it's it's supposed to be this gigantic territory they've never had that They've no. never had that. So if we are applying biblical principles, that leads me, I, I will tell you, it was it was biblical principles. It was what I was taught growing up and what I was taught in Tanakh that more than anything solidified my ideas behind anarcho, you know, anarcho-capitalism and a uh and a, and, and a, a society based on free association as opposed to uh an imposed uh uh manly authority right so the manly authority is or the 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 human authority is well this is what we believe and if you don't do these things you're going to go to hell which in the jewish tradition isn't eternal necessarily but it's still pretty bad punishment okay so then i still get to choose right so yeah it it, it it's only moving forward later on that they started saying yeah well we want a king and god's like Sure. Literally says like 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 you will fight on the front lines of all of his wars, and he's gonna take like uh. I always love like he said, I'll take a tenth of all of your crops and harvests, and I'm just like, gosh, can we go back to that at least? Can we just go back to when the government? Oh, it sounds so much better, right? Like, well, we're already (laughs) fighting in their wars, but they only take a tenth of uh, of what we have, and every fifty years we get a jubilee, um, and then every once in a while, uh, someone's wife gets taken. Uh, if she's pretty, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's. I love that. Like better. the best, the best king they had, a man after God's own heart, and like yes. still kind of wasn't murdered that. someone yeah. <laughs> so he could have his wife because she was pretty, yeah. and I, and I like that. By the way, that's another thing that I really like about the. Uh, and I don't know if this is true of of other religious faiths because I'm not as as well versed, but every single figure in the Bible fell short at some point, yep. like all of them. If they had any any kind of more than a, just a supporting role, and even some of the supporting roles in the Bible, Old and New Testament, 
really did something really terrible. Like Moses, Noah, Abraham, like straight up lied that his wife was his sister to try to get like, I mean, like all of them did something terrible, sometimes lots of terrible things. And we're still told, yeah, but they're, they're, they were actually good people. In other words, everyone falls short, right? So the only, the only person that didn't do that was Jesus. And that's the whole point of, of it is that, you know, the, the only, and there's, a, there's an underlying story there as well, which is that you can't be God unless you're God. You're not going to be perfect unless you're God, which means that maybe you should, as Jesus put it, deal with your own stuff instead of, you know, dealing with the moat in someone else's eye. All of this goes back to libertarian ideas. I'm not saying Jesus is a libertarian, but it goes back to the idea of mind your own business. Do not hurt other people. Do not take their stuff. Let people live their own lives as long as they're not hurting you. If you want to live in association with others that follows your very strict values and, and, and great, do that. But let other people live their lives as they see fit. Stop trying to create a central authority. It's oh, going yeah. to make everything worse. Well, and it especially irritates me when, you know, Christians and, you know, especially Christian, I guess Christian progressives in a different way do this too. But it's like, you know, Jesus said to go out there to, to, to preach the gospel and to, you know, what you've done to the least of these you've done unto me to, to serve yes. the widow, the orphan, the downtrodden. And I'm just like, cool. I was like, please show me where in what Jesus modeled and what he taught that I'm supposed to go centralize power and point guns at people to compel them. Like, no, no, that's if anything, um, the reason why the Jews, at least like, you know, at that time sort of rejected Jesus was because they were looking for a political Messiah yes. to overthrow yep. Rome to overthrow and to usher Rome. in a new kingdom of man. And Jesus said, like, no, like, you know, I told you, you know, hundreds of years ago that wasn't going to work it still doesn't yep. work we're not doing that like you know you gotta you gotta get we gotta get out of you know if anything even if you don't believe in the metaphysical or spiritual truth of the bible it's a great story i think uh, among all the different lessons in there there's a great yep. lesson about the myth of central planning like absolutely it just, it just doesn't work so it's like god's absolutely. the most sovereign of all and he can't even get like he rescues the the israelites out of egypt and he's just like hey just hang out on this the, the bottom of this mountain and don't do anything stupid while moses goes up to the top of the mountain and like they just they, they immediately these, started yeah, yeah. immediately yeah. like like and after like you know if, again if you believe in the, the what it says like they literally saw acts of god deliver them from slavery and they still can't like so it's like, like you know, <laughs> 10 minutes like i'm gonna go up here i'll be right back in a day or two and they're like Let's worship a cow. Like it's, yeah. it's like it's that's it's it's a great story of and I like I I, I like the the I, I will say of the of the different uh, ideas behind you know different Christian thought whatever I like the reformist take on certain things not all things but on certain things because the the reformist take seems to be you know a lot of these especially the feel good non denominational churches are like you know they'll start comparing you to like Moses and stuff. And they're like, oh, you had haters? Well, so did Jesus. And it's like, that's nah, not your painters. <laughs> you might actually be a jerk. I don't know. But yeah, maybe. like yeah. they'll like start comparing you to like the heroes of the Bible. And whereas the reformist take is now nah, you're probably like one of the unnamed people who was running around shrieking and like yeah. losing your mind <laughs> and like immediately worshiping a cow the very second they weren't looking at you. Right. Like, like statistically, you are likely to be like someone who was like, Okay, cow time, like, you know, like, you you know, that's, that's probably very, maybe you're one of the rare few that's the Moses or the whatever, but it's actually likely they weren't. And there's, and the, the purpose behind that is, I think a lot of people 
get disabused into this notion that there are these powerful good people that we're going to find and they're going to fix it all. We even do it in the liberty movement, right? We yeah. we, we're looking for liberty, Jesus. I get told all the time, you're the one that's going to fix this. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And, or, or they'll say, or not me, they'll say Dave Smith is going to fix all Justin Amash is going to fix it. And I'm like, no, these are great people. And I think they're going to do good things, but this is a movement. This is not going to be a single person drives us to victory. And we don't even believe that's how things work, but it's such a per pervasive mythology that people have, but it's high time preference and it's utopianism. It is, yep. I just need someone to fix this. But the reality is that's not how we got here by trying to do that. And we're not going to get out of it that way. And I think that whatever your, your religious background is, whatever your, your, uh, your side you take and you know, we've been talking about the social stuff, whatever side you take on these things, if we can distill it down to something very basic, very intuitive that we tell kids, don't hurt people, don't take from people without their consent. And if we if we distill it down to that, understanding there are still going to be disagreements, understanding that everyone's not going to live this way, there are going to be people that try to infringe on others, and we need to be able to protect ourselves from them, understanding that this is not going to be a utopia. But if we try to get as close towards that ideal as possible, that I think that we live in a better society, a safer society, a freer society, a better educated society, a healthier society, every way that you could measure the health or, or well-being of a society will do better. If we focus on that as libertarians, uh, I think that we that that all we can do is, is go up from there. But it starts with, and this is why I started You Are the Power. We need to realize that no one's coming to save us mm -hmm. and that that's okay because we're the ones that are going to save us. We, we are going to be the ones that do the work on the ground to fix the problems that we pick are up facing. your cross and, and, and you know what I mean? And walk like, with <laughs> it. Exactly. Yeah. Literally pick up your cross and walk with it and set your communities free. Show people how it's done. If you don't know how it's done yet, there are people in the movement that are ready to support you and show you how it's done. And then you can do it too. And you can join them in doing it. We're going to fix this. We are our heroes. And uh, and I think if we look at it that way, whatever your background is, the reality is if we look at ourselves as, as the, the heroes that we're going to need on the earthly realm, obviously, if you're a believer, there's something far bigger than any of this that, you know, it, it is, is a much more important thing than, you know, your day to day life or whatever. But on the on the earthly realm and the, the mortal coil of, of, of our existence we're our heroes and we're the ones that are going to fix this. And, and that's what we're doing every day. If you want to find out more, you want to be a part of it. You want to, you know, join, uh, become a part of the fastest growing uh, Liberty movement that's out there right now and, uh, and get support from some of the biggest names in the Liberty movement and to help push it forward and, and, you know, set our communities free one issue at a time. Uh, join us at you are the power.net. We'd love to have you. Membership is free. Uh, we certainly could use, uh, you know, any donations that, that you're able to give uh, running a political organization does cost money, but uh, we want members. We want people that are involved. Uh, that matters more to us than your money. Um, so we'd love to, love to have you join us. You are the power.net. And Jacob, I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I view you as like libertarian Jonah. You know, sometimes you're sent to Nineveh <laughs> to try to, you know, you're get, all you know, get, wrong. Get, yeah, all <laughs> of you are wrong. Yeah, I don't even want to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got my fish. They yeah. wouldn't let me just go take a nap. So here I am to tell you that you're all wrong.
Can I go yep. home now, please? Yes. But listen, I I hope you know that 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 you know you you are appreciated, and and we, you know a lot a lot of us you know I think I think that you know you can serve to to be a voice of reason and and uniter, and I hope that you know I know there are some people who refuse to stop fighting, but there also are a lot of people who who hear your 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 calls yes. for everyone to you know. Take a deep breath. Go touch some grass. Stop ripping and, each other to shreds. Yeah, That's all I ask. Yep. So I, I appreciate everything you do. Um, where can people, um, you know, uh, what, you are the power. Is there a website or anything? Yeah. You, no, so the website already? is youarethepower.net. Uh, we are okay. also on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, with more coming soon, and that is YATP official dot or it's it's they're all at YATP official, or if you just look up You Are the Power, you can find them. Uh, and our website is youarethepower.net. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on social media, Spike Cohen, all on all social media, uh, and uh, I'm even on TikTok for the kids. And uh, my website is spikecohen.com. Um, and, uh, if you want to follow the podcast that I do, that's on muddied waters, media, muddiedwatersmedia.com, or you can find muddied waters media on all podcasting platforms, all social media platforms. And again, thanks for having me on, man. I always love talking with you. Yep. Thanks, Spike. Thanks everybody for watching. And, uh, yeah, until next time, don't fear the fire. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.